grab a cup of tea, let's chat. Hey everyone, and thank you so much for joining me today. I know in previous podcasts, I have hinted at this topic and said that I'd be coming back to talk to you guys about school and why I kind of changed what I was studying and how I came to that. So that is finally what I'm going to be sharing today in my story and where I'm at now. I will also be including some productivity tips for studying and as we move to online school and we are looking at self-sufficiency as our way of being successful, I thought it would be useful to share some of my tips for being productive at home with you guys. So stay tuned to the end to hear all of those. Today is actually our first day of classes for my university. They extended our spring break by a week just so professors could um, reorganize their syllabuses and kind of just to give us that time to adjust to online instruction which I think was very, very helpful, and I'm honestly very proud of the way my university has handled things and approached this situation, and in my opinion, they have truly done everything in their power to accommodate to all of their students and faculty and everyone that has been affected by this change. But anyways, today is the first day of classes, which is both scary and exciting. I think that I'm excited for something new and kind of just building my own schedule, but also that's it's so different from what a lot of us have experienced. This semester I had one class that was already online, but other than that I've never taken an online class and I don't know how exams are going to look like, finals, all of that. So I guess we're just going to have to learn as we go and be malleable in all this experience. But that being said, I thought it was the perfect time to talk about this and talk about my studies and everything that changed and why it changed. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while now. And so what's a better time than the first day of classes? Other than that, I hope that everyone's adjustment to online instruction has been as smooth as possible and I truly hope this podcast kind of helps you make that transition. Okay, so ever since I was four years old, four years old guys, before I even knew the word pediatrician, I even knew what that meant. I knew, at least I knew that I wanted to be a doctor for kids and I always rolled with that and so coming into college I came in as a global health major on a pre-med track and I stuck with that Um, I was that my first year but my second semester did not go so well um, academically and so I really reflected on just school in general and how I wanted my life to look, what I was truly interested in, and summer after freshman year, I did a program called SHPEP, S-H-P-E-P, and if you haven't heard of it, it's a pre-health pathway program, 
that takes place on 13 campuses nationwide. So my school does it, but I ended up going to the University of Washington um, and everything is fully funded. Everything is covered and it's an amazing program. I would truly encourage if you're like a senior in high school after your freshman year apply or if you're a freshman right now, you're still eligible next year. I know that for this summer, everything is already um, in p play, but for next summer, like 2021, I really encourage you guys to do it if you are able to. So I applied for both the medical pathway and the public health pathway because those are my two interests. And for um, University of Washington, I ended up getting into their public health pathway program and we still do the same stuff it's just that twice a week we would branch off into our pathways so it was still like an all-encompassing pre-health experience which was really cool so in that setting I kind of reflected on whether I would want to get a master's in public health actually I think that that is when a master's in public health was sort of introduced to me like I've I'd heard of it before but we were able to talk to students who were in various post-grad programs and so that's when I started reflecting on that idea and then we shadowed um, both a doctor in the emergency room and also various professionals at the Washington State Department of Health and after those two shadowing experiences I came to the conclusion that yes I want to be a doctor I'm going to get my GPA up next semester, do everything I can to get back on the right track for med school, for my application, I'm going to do this. And that's how I came into my sophomore year. First semester, sophomore year was sort of a way for me to prove to myself that I was capable of being that applicant and being that student that med schools looked for and I really really worked hard I'm proud of myself regardless but I soon came to realize that my strengths lie elsewhere and so winter break I talked to two family members of mine one who works in humanitarian humanitarian what is that word humanitarian Hold up, I'm gonna Google this. Humanitarian. Oh, humanitarian. I was missing a whole syllabus. Okay, so I talked to a family member who was in humanitarian type of work and he sort of showed me what his work looked like but also advised me that I have to follow my own passions and my own heart and I also talked to another family member who is a pediatrician and she showed me what the workforce look like, looks like with various degrees. And so after talking to both of them, I sort of reflected in myself um, how I want the next 5, 10, and 15 years to look like. I eventually came back to school still with the impression that I was going to follow this pre-med track. I was going to get into med school, become that pediatrician that I've wanted to be since day one, and I was going to work hard at it, which I 
did my first semester, but I was like, I'm going to continue this. Like, I got this. Then the first week of school rolls around, and I'm enrolled in both chemistry and biology because at some point, those sciences have to overlap, and I changed my schedule at least five times the first week of school, and it was honestly so, so stressful thinking back at it because it wasn't like, okay, what am I going to do next semester? What am I going to do these next few years? But I have to make a decision and I have to make it now because classes are in session and the ball is moving and I can't be left behind. So I was in my advisor's office. I was talking to various of my classmates. I was trying to figure out what is it that I want to do? Do I want to take another semester of sciences and just see how things go? And I was already looking at this nonprofit certificate that my school offers. So I was like, do I want to try this out? Do I want to pursue this? And I eventually just kind of reflected in myself where I see myself in 15 years. Now it was long term, past the semester, the summer, undergrad, postgrad. Where do I see myself in 15 years? And I honestly saw myself starting up my own organization or my own nonprofit. And I decided why go through an undergraduate course that is going to benefit me in the short term when I could start building skills for that long term goal. And I decided to enroll in that nonprofit course, which is actually the one that was online. And then I went to go make a plan with my advisor and she was like, okay, so if you're not looking at pre-med anymore, you do have some room for a minor. And I was like, oh, sis, I literally just figured out that I'm not doing pre-med. Like I'm not even thinking about any type of minor. And so I was just looking through the various courses that my school offers. And I was like, do I want to do a language? I could continue French. I could do um a minor there's one that's under um gender women's studies that was like health healthcare equity and all of that stuff and i was talking to my mom and she was like i would advise you to look into something that's going to benefit you post-grad and kind of looking at job security after school um i looked at a minor as sort of a way for me to build my skill set and make myself more marketable when it did come to that job search, which will approach me faster than I can imagine. And so I wanted to start building those skills now. So not even a month into school, I had already dropped pre-med, switched from a BA in global health to a BS, picked up a nonprofit certificate and an informatics minor. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't mention that part. I picked up a minor in informatics and I kind of just thought about how in global health especially, it'll be essential to be able to look at a set of data and analyze it and propose a solution to a global health issue with that supporting data. And I sort of looked at it that way. 
So I came to this conclusion. I put together a PowerPoint for my family, um, introducing this new course and this new pathway, and they loved it. They thought it was a great idea. And I think that just that affirmation from various friends and family members, like I had a friend tell me, you know what, now that you say that, I honestly do see you working in global health and I see you speaking in front of a lot of people and presenting new ideas. And Alvin, if you're listening to this, girl, that meant so much more than you could possibly know. But um, yeah, I kind of just realized that my long-term goal in life is to work with so many different people, people who both are trying to receive help and people who are trying to offer it. And I want to kind of zone in on bettering the health of mothers and children worldwide. But at the end of the day, I just want to work with so many people. I want to visit so many places and implement change where I can. So what do the next few years look like for me? Honestly, I'm still comparing and contrasting various postgrad programs like would I want to pursue a master's in science in health information or a master's in public health? There's always the maternal and child health um, concentration. There's epidemiology. But at this point, I know that the world is my oyster and I just am working on being a better student right now and zoning in on my interests and that's where I'm at. I know in the next 10 years I want to be working with people, maybe working at a big organization like WHO and in 15 to 20 years, who knows, maybe I'll have that nonprofit that I've always wanted. But this just all goes to say that your major does not define you. And I think that we have come to a place where it's like, oh, what are you studying? And for some reason, our options are doctor, lawyer, or engineer. That's it. But I think especially at such a large institution where there's so many majors and minors and certificates being offered, it's not a matter of where do you fit in? Where can we fit you in? You know, it's how can we better you as a person? What are your interests and what certification can we do to get you there? I'm saying we like I am the institution. (laughs) I'm just trying to say, look at your institution as a place that is going to further you and equip you to leave as a better person and leave as a person who is educated in their field of interest. That's why there's so many different degrees and programs and majors and minors and certificates. It's not for you to find out where you fit in, but rather which combination of one or two or three programs will build you up. So rather than looking at your school as a place where you're going to leave with a name, a degree, and a transcript. Look at it as a place where you're going to leave 
with a skill set, a toolkit to embark on your next journey. That being said, I'm just trying to say that it's so important to build your own meaning in school and define what your education means for you. Rather than just a degree, look at it as the process leading up to that degree. So yes, maybe when our predecessors were leaving school and entering the workforce, they had to come in as a doctor or lawyer or engineer or teacher. Maybe that was their only options because that's what people were looking for. But we are part of a generation that is powerful and it's powerful because our employers are going to be looking for and valuing multifaceted individuals and I truly believe that that is going to make us marketable when it comes when the time comes having that dynamic skill set and that interdisciplinary background is going to be so important when we're leaving school so there were many many different factors that led me to where I am now, but I'm so grateful to have found a combination of programs that truly fits my interests, and I don't exactly know what I'm looking at, where I'm trying to be post-grad, but I do know where my interests lie, and I think taking that step to be certified in those areas is a step in the right direction. Now, I just wanted to share some productivity tips for being at home and being an online student. My family friend was showing me these t-shirts that were like University of Zoom, and I thought they were hilarious, but it's true. Now we are moving to a platform that not a lot of people are comfortable in, not a lot of people are experienced in, and I think it'll take a lot of patience and Like I said before, we are going to have to be adaptable, but hopefully these tips will help you guys and help you sort of make that transition to online coursework. Without further ado, let's get into these productivity tips. So my first tip is to just get ready for the day. Whatever it is that you usually do to go to class, go to the library, go to a cafe, do that exact same thing, whether it's getting dressed up, doing your makeup, doing your hair. If you wear sweatpants to class, keep doing what you do, like shower, get out of bed, open your window, and get ready to take on the day. My next tip is to time block a full schedule. And I say a full schedule because For example, on Mondays, I only usually have one class. Um, I would usually go to my internship in the morning and then my class in the afternoon. So now um, I know that that class in combination with two other classes are both, um, is a word asynchromatic? The one where you don't have to meet at a specific time. So my goal is to time block my schedule for those three classes on Mondays in the morning and so let's say for example I want my full day my full eight hour day to be from seven to three did I do that math right I think so seven to three and I know that 
those three classes will take me four to five hours. So what am I going to do those last three, four hours? Well, remember in my last podcast when I said it's important to build on some things that you've been putting off for a while or those things that you didn't have time for before? All right, it's time to bring those in. Bring them into your time block and schedule them like it's a class. Schedule it like you have an assignment, you have to practice and make that part of your full day. And I kind of call these brain activities, activities that are going to better me as a student, better me as a person. I'm going to keep using my brain and keep working it. So some of those things for me include that online informatics course, um, practicing some language courses like French, um, maybe practicing piano, whatever it may be. Like for today, I scheduled in an hour French because I'm going to treat it like it's part of my school day. But your day does not have to be eight hours. Maybe a really productive day for you is six hours. And maybe that'll shift and change every day, especially if most of your classes do have to meet at a certain time. You'll have to work around that. But whatever the case may be, um, just make that day full and busy and pack it in with productive activities. I know for me, on Tuesdays, I have classes that are all over the board. All over the board. There's one at 9.30 a.m., one at 6.30 p.m., and in between, I usually have like a four-hour break, but I usually would stay on campus and get some homework done. So I know that a productive day for me is um, staying on top of things for an extended period of time and then turning completely off when I'm done with all my classes, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't like to go home in between or take a break and then come back to school because I just feel like I won't be utilizing my time well, but that may not be the case for you. Maybe taking a break in the middle of the day or maybe you're a night owl and you want to do your schoolwork from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. You know what? You do you, boo. So that being said, just time block a full and filled schedule. However long you want it to be, however many activities you want it to contain, I would suggest doing it for the week or maybe you have to do it the night before and just schedule out hour by hour and stick to it. That's the most important part, stick to it. My next tip kind of relates with that, and this was taught to me by my high school choir teacher, and I've never gone back. Like, it helps so much. So finals week, we used to have time in choir to do, we used to have like a study hall basically to do other schoolwork. You could go to that teacher, you could stay in the choir room, you could go to the library, but she, if we were in the choir room, she would tell us, okay guys, I'm setting a timer for 45 minutes and I want you to put everything away, take out one task that you want to get done or one task that you want to work on and just focus, like zoned in, completely focus for 45 minutes, use all your brain power and when the timer's over, we can take a break, but just use these next 45 minutes to be completely silent and put in all your energy into one thing. And honestly, it helped so much. I still do this in my room or wherever I'm studying. I'll set a timer, put everything away, and say, okay, 
for the next 45 minutes i want to work on this one thing and just having your energy focused in one area really just get it gets the job done i'm telling you also kind of incorporating that when you do take a break i suggest taking some meaningful breaks like don't pull out your phone start scrolling on tiktok or twitter because that's just gonna make your brain kind of go numb to all that energy that you just exerted um actually you know what throw your phone in the other room don't even think about it for your whole six seven eight hour day just turn it on do not disturb look at it maybe your goal is to look at it every three or four study sessions so like every 45 minutes then a break then 45 minutes and a break and then you look at your phone does that make sense um but yeah just take meaningful breaks maybe if you were working on some really extreme math and your brain's just tired you're gonna go out and get some sunshine and go for like a five or ten minute walk just take some breaks that are best for you like i know for me on my desk i have a stack of i have a book that i'm reading i'm reading we were the lucky ones which is really really good and then i have a book that is filled with crosswords and then i have a book that is filled with poetry and maybe my breaks will be like reading a chapter of my novel or completing a crossword or something like that something that's still gonna use my energy in a positive way but before you do all this i probably should have said this tip earlier um one of my tips is to have a clean and tidy and ready workspace like i mean have all the paper that you need your water your coffee your tea have your snacks within reach like i'm saying you won't even have to get up from your chair because when you're zoned into that 45 minutes you don't want to have to get up to go get more paper or go downstairs to get a cup of coffee and it's gonna be so easy when we're at home to do those things just because everything is at home you all you have to do is go downstairs or go to the room over but just be zoned in completely for that those 45 minutes and in order to do that you're gonna have to prepare your study space with everything that you might ever need that being said sometimes you might get tired of your room or the same view and usually when i'm on campus i will move from like one library to another or from this cafe to that cafe or i will just switch up my study spaces and try to switch up where i'm learning and i think don't quote me on this but one of my psychology classes taught us i only took one psychology class but we learned that if you do switch up your study spaces your brain associates what you learned with a specific spot in like space and time or something like that so if i learned this subject in this cafe like my brain when i think of that cafe will remember that subject that didn't make a whole lot of sense but regardless it's important to switch up where you're studying and as we are confined to the comfort of our own homes that might look like going from your room to your dining table back to your room maybe to your backyard for some vitamin d maybe to your couch if you're doing a reading and you're just trying to put your feet up 
whatever the case may be, move around your house, wherever you are, you better be doing those 45-minute timers. Yeah, just switch things up. It's good for you. I promise. And my last tip is to take your syllabus, take your new schedules and your new assignments, look at when things are due, and schedule meetings with your professors early, as early as possible. For me personally, I love scheduling meetings with my professors like three days before my paper is due and or if I have an exam just to review with them just to kind of go over topics that I may not be so clear about and it kind of goes two ways it gives me some um I kind of set a self deadline to have like my best final draft done like three four days before the paper is actually due and I kind of have to like make my own study guide and know as much as I can about a topic before I meet my advisor, I mean, my professor, for that exam. So it forces you to kind of be prepared and be prepared early. And then also you get that feedback that not a lot of people take advantage of. Like, your professors are here to help. And now with online instruction, it's going to be easier for both parties to make themselves available. And so that being said, just schedule things as early as possible just to kind of give yourself that push to get things done early but also to get that feedback and um, those like workshops that are really valuable. This may also be for your advisors if you are trying to see what your next few semesters would look like. Try and schedule those meetings early, those appointments especially before the semester picks up and I know right around the middle of the semester, like right around now before registration, it gets so, so busy and um, advisors start having full schedules. So being among the earlier people, be it very advantageous. This could also be for um, other campus resources. Like we have a writing center where you can make an appointment with a peer or other type of editor. I don't know what their title is, but someone who reads your paper, advises you on the nitty gritty that you may have overlooked. And it's so helpful. I love the writing center, but there's also other campus resources like tutors, study sessions, get those stuff figured out early, schedule those appointments early and be ahead of the game. So those are my tips to be a better student, be productive at home, get stuff done where you can, and I hope that they help you guys. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Before you go, I just wanted to share a little quote, and it comes from the book Educated, which I thought fit the theme of things. I just loaned it to a friend and she finished it yesterday. Tina K, if you're listening. So that's where I thought to look into the quotes in that book. And Tara Westover says, an education is not so much as making a living, but making a person. Thank you guys so, so much for joining me today. I'll see you guys next time.